Take him to Detroit. No! No, not Detroit! No! No, please! Matt, how you doing? Uh, I start again. What? Start again. I didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How you doing? That's not. That's not how the show opens. How does the sh- show open? Let me dim the lights. You open the show while I dim the lights. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to another episode of Call the Personality. We're here. Um, in honor of Pride Month, we're queer, and we are um, ready to commandeer the airwaves and bring you some good content. Well, content. Uh, Luke, how are you doing today? Real answer or stupid answer? Um, you know, however you feel. If you're feeling stupid, give me the stupid answer. You know, the sun's shining, and I'm just having a hoop-hop, hibbity-hay day, you know? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So you're feeling chipper, like yeah. a happy camper today? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a little bit disappointed, because now we don't have a show to talk about. Why not? Well, we've done Kenobi, so... Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of for the best, isn't it? Well, now I'm sad. Like, what what do I spend my time doing? And <laughs> I was thinking we could either watch Gotham Knights... Or we could watch that Harley Quinn show you were showing me. I'd re- I'd watch the Harley Quinn show. I would watch one season of the Harley Quinn show. I would not watch Gotham Knights. Not even as a joke. At least the Harley Quinn show, you know, look, it's, it's like every other cartoon for adults in the West. Piss, like shit, decks. fuck, cum. Sex. Yes. Fuck. Awkward. Awkward moment. Celebrity cameo. Fuck. Yes. But, um, you know, it'll have, you know, Batman and and Robin and Superman. And And they'll be gay. It'll be funny. It'll be funny. It'll be funny to see riffs of my favorite characters. When did Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn uh, become a thing? Can you give me the the lore on that, Mr. Comic Book Man? Uh, I think think since her inception, they've been... uh, they've been like kind of a thing but i think really? I, like yeah but i think it's like only recently that there were like fans were like give it to us and they're like now they're girlfriends and girlfriends and they're kissing and loving each other publicly before it was like a you know a little wink thing like you know you guys are a little chummy the re- uh, history historians will remember them as really good friends. Yeah, precisely. And it's like like everybody knows they've explored their bodies, but yeah. DC can't say didn't want to say that explicitly because the well, implication because of the implications, <laughs> precisely. Yeah. So yeah, so that's so it's nice to see them out. I mean, it's Pride Month again. Mm-hmm. So you know it could be it's fun you know it's a fun relationship it's like the serious one it, it, they're like burn ernie mm-hmm. and and ivy's like bert and then harley's like ernie that's kind of their dynamic summed up let's talk about the kentucky fried situation here what's the movie about well, ba- well if you listen to you know what let's let's oh. back let's backpedal okay why did you pick this movie the reason I picked it, it was very layered. It was because Caitlin and I were going camping, and she said, I'm going to download this movie. 
Why did Kaylin do that? I think they had referenced it in Scary Movie or something. Okay. That's it, man. Like scary, the scary movie. Yeah, something like that. That's a good, you know, that's a good, that's a good movie to 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 take a recommendation from. Yeah, that's the only reason I chose it. Um, otherwise, and then I, uh, and then to further cement it, when we did American Werewolf in London, and I was reading the the wiki for that for um, John Landis's wiki, I saw this movie pop up, so I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, let's check it out. See you next Wednesday and all that jazz. Exactly. Uh, that's literally. I was looking at like all the see you next Wednesday references, and then this was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you listen to our episode about the Groove Tube, I mean, this movie is very similar. Um, this is a kind of movie that you'd want to watch not at the theaters. That's one of the few movies that I can say that about because you kind of want to watch it where the movie is native to, which is the TV, because it's supposed to be like you're just flipping channels and you come across this station, right? That's yeah. that's a whole movie. It's just a collection of ads, um, short shows, and then a couple of movies as well, or w- one movie, I guess, which is its centerpiece. Um yeah, directed by John Landis. It's a it's a comedy movie just like The Groove Tube was as well, lampooning um, cliches and advertisements, television, movies, news, that sort of thing, uh, and making fun of uh, the culture during the time period which it is it, it is set in. Um, I liked it more than The Groove Tube. I like that it's centerpiece. Oh, I bet, yeah, I bet you liked it more than The Groove Tube. Hey-o. Hey-o. Um, you know, a little cent- more plot-heavy, if you know what I'm saying. It's centerpiece... Um, Jesus. It's centerpiece... Um, skit was way more palatable than the centerpiece for The Groove Tube. Okay, that that's true. Horrible, horrible <laughs> Cheech and Chong adventure. This is like... I, I, I haven't seen it, but it's supposed to be... What is it? Enter the Dragon? Yeah, it's supposed to be Enter the Dragon, which, you know, I, I guess is relevant at the time. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen many kung fu movies, so they're probably making fun of stuff that I that went over my head. Uh-huh. Um, but I got the gist of it. Anyways, I uh, I liked it. What about you? All right, so it's it, it's a sketch comedy film, yeah, like The Groove Tube, which was mildly enjoy. Well, I had to give... Unfortunately, I had to give that movie two out of five. Yes. Because... Mathematically mathematically yes uh, due to a technicality okay um and this is you know it's directed by john landis who apparently uh was recommended to direct animal house after Mm -hmm. this and i love animal house and apparently it's the same guys and you can definitely see it uh that the the same team that wrote airplane Mm. which is another one of my favorite comedies so this is a winning combo right yes not that good yeah. Why, why is that? Okay, first of all, I'm going to have to... Let's talk about the group two situation, okay? Okay. They rip it off wholesale. It, it, I was wondering that. I didn't look it up, but this is after? I'm like 90... I'll, I'll check it right now. I'm like 95% sure. And they just... they. I was surprised because I thought it was going to be just like sketch format and like it was going to be just kind of scattered you know maybe they make fun of movies and tv and then they do blah 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 blah. yeah but it's just like the groove tube where it's like a mock television program yeah, yeah. and they have that and they have the silly news segments where inappropriate things happen even the the beer commercial except they swap gratuitous violence with 
a Buddhist monk <laughs> thing. Uh, the, the Hare Krishnas. The Hare Krishnas? Yeah. The Groove Tube came out three years before this okay three years then yeah they there was some influence there they, if it's a year then no but the three years yeah and i yeah. don't even know any other sketch 70s sketch comedy movies other than these group two has 13 percent. it's kind of brutal anyway um look we're gonna have to go sketch by sketch okay yeah, we're, we're gonna, yeah, okay. we will. We're okay. gonna go sketch okay. by sketch okay. 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 because it's just a movie composed of sketch. If you want to talk about the overall vibe, it, it is kind of airplane like where they have these like one off uh, physical jokes, puns, pun, a lot of uh, physical visual puns. Yeah, um, some transgressive humor, something that you're sure would be like whoa, <laughs> like know, the uh, stunt man. Uh, like the stuntman, yeah, couldn't get away with that today. Couldn't make that movie today. Probably can get away with the Catholic uh, high school girls in trouble that sequence. That was funny. It's kind of funny, you know. We don't really have those kind of movies anymore, so you know that's a problem. And that's one thing is that it's the movie's dated. Okay, none. Some of the stuff resonates today, and it's like mostly fine. But there's stuff that you can tell is specific to the time like the enter the dragon thing which is like the, at this point the kung fu movie is so dated so dead that to have that as the centerpiece really hurts the film uh i'm gonna give i'm gonna well, have, i'm gonna have to deduct a bag for ripping off the groove tube first off <laughs> um they don't own the format they Matthew. don't okay they don't own the format but you know give credit where credit's due <laughs> They even have a silly song to to bookend the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Groove Tube. Kind of sus, guys. Um, you know, there is... Um, what are some generals? I don't know. It's sketch just, by sketch. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So pull out the Wikipedia. Do it. Do you think it will have that? It, it did. I checked. So let's start. So they start off with the news segment. Um, he does this thing where... You know where they say film at 11 or sports at yeah, 11? yeah, yeah. They'll just say some wacky shit. Like, the popcorn you're eating was pissed in. Film at 11. <laughs> All right, you know. You know, it's kind of funny, you know. I imagine at this time when television was a lot more heavily regulated and there was, at the time, genuine concerns about obscenity and stuff like that, that to have a news anchor in the setting say those kind of things was yeah. shocking yeah. enough to be funny whatever um they do that a bunch of times uh look i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fail the new segment i'm gonna fail it like the opening news segment or all, all of them? them all of them like they have this joke here where it's a liberal and a conservative and they're it's just some random talking point doesn't matter and the conservative gives just a typical news type answer and then here's the punchline the lady says um, suck my dick, <laughs> shithead, and then she flips him the bird. Yeah. I didn't laugh. D it didn't get me. I laughed. You laughed? Yes. You laughed at that? Well, <laughs> damn, I don't know what to say. Pretty funny. Pretty funny? Yeah. Okay. Um, this uh, first segment is fail. Okay, it's fail. Next. Argon oil. All right, so then they make a joke. So you know, I you know, I imagine at the time there was an oil crisis or something. No, I think it's just like about infomercials generally. Yeah, yeah, okay, like so, educational things where you choke kids. So they're they're saying how are we gonna source more oil? So we get a couple of jokes. Okay, one from teenagers' faces. Yeah, you know, yeah, they they have oily faces. Okay, 
it's, it, it looks funny when they have all the suction cups on them. Mm-hmm. Then we get a nice um, Italian and American joke. This is like... <laughs> like this is like I guess this is at a time when when WAP was a uh, part of every American's vernacular. But yeah, uh, Italians have greasy hair, so they're taking it from the cones. Okay, and then uh, fast food. Yes, they take it from American fast food. Okay, <clears throat> they also say they're sourcing gas from there. Yep, ayo, because it makes you fart and burp and shit. All right, you know. Um, sh- you know what? Why not? I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it. I'll it w- pass it too. It was <laughs> it was all right. You know, it. I need to tally these. By the way, um, yeah, you tally them. Keep track. Oh, I'm tallying for myself. Oh, I'll tally for myself as well because I that's too much stuff to keep track of. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm a simple mind, Lucas. Please. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna. So for good, we have one. And one, two. These are all passes so far. And uh, bad, we have one. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, AM Today. Good. Um, yeah, so it's more morning. It's more news satire um, joke here, which still hits today. Yes. Is that yeah. the guy... It t- there's <laughs> what's, what's actually funny is that this movie is like 45 years old, and they still haven't fixed that weird <laughs> gap. I guess the delay... From when they say back to you and yeah. then they're just waiting is like, uh, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a reason. Like in case they do what they do in the skit here, yeah, which is yeah. like pick their nose, scratch their ass, do uncouth things. It just probably television. takes time for that, it that to too. Go back but and but forth. you would think that 45 years later, it we would have bridged that gap a little bit. They're waiting for a cue. They don't want to go too fast. I, I don't know. I assume it's a logistic thing that is, is not a technical problem. It's okay. like something they do. Um, okay. But so. then the guys just wait in there and, and you're just standing there waiting. Yeah. That, I, that, that made me laugh. That was funny. Then they have... Um, then okay, then they have a the John Landis shows up in a gorilla suit, and so they had this lady come on. She's a zookeeper, mm-hmm. zoologist, whatever. Showing the hamster, and she's like, "Look at this hamster!" And they play with it. They pet a ha ha. Big gag. She just tosses it over the shoulder. Okay, very airplane. That was when I was like, "This movie's kind of airplane like, mm-hmm. where you just have those kind of abrupt gags and you move on." Then they bring out a gorilla and they enrage the gorilla by talking about his impotence. <laughs> and I guess John Landis is in there. Um, that sketch is a miss because then all that happens is that he just tears up the set. You know, physical comedy, but they don't really do anything too inventive with it. He's just smashing things. Aha, gorilla can't get it up. You know? All right. Uh, this segment, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna give it a pass. You're gonna give it a pass. Yep. Um, I'm gonna give it a. I'll give it a pass too. Why not? It's like it was okay. I had, I had, I still had hope in this movie at this juncture. So good. Next was his new car. Uh, man enters a car. Bunch of alarms go off. <laughs> you know, smart cars be like. Um, yeah. Uh, put it. Buckle seatbelt. Lock the door. Lock the door, and then check, zip up his pants. Check the yeah. There it is. This is a fail, and the reason is a fail is not because the joke isn't good. It's fine, but cars don't have that kind of alarm. 
And no, not only that, but because of that, the whole time I was thinking that he was, it was comical because he was doing all the safety stuff and he was leaving the scene of a bank robbery. No, this is, I'm being serious. Uh, and because of that, and because no car has a fucking bell in it, that's a fail. So his new car, that's a fucking fail. It's done. Okay. So now we're tied up for me anyway. Okay. Let's talk about Catholic high school girls in trouble. Funny. What? <laughs> so this is making fun of like porn movies i guess or not just that because like the whole thing is like this is what catholic girls are doing when you're not watching them because like christians are typically i mean they're fear they're just fearful people they love fear they love fearing their god yeah. they love being worried about what's happening they mm-hmm. want they fear of eternal damnation so just like basically poo-pooing them being like this is what's happening nightmare 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 be afraid they're getting whiffed by <laughs> by dwarves in and, clown costumes yeah and god knows what else it was a bit much uh like i was watching with caitlin she's like man this is explicit yeah uh, like they just they get a porn star and they fondle her breasts yeah. a lot and they hold on it then they show her getting you know, pounded penet- in the shower, penetrated from behind. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like <sighs> anything else happened. Uh, oh yeah. Then this, this kid is having sex with his girlfriend and then it's like, wait, you're my girlfriend's mom. She's like, I'm so young. He can't tell the difference. Then this kid, uh, gets hairy hands cause he's been masturbating. I'm going to fail this. I'm gonna fail this unfortunately is that what that is yeah cause that was like the thing was like you would go blind and you would get really hairy hands if you would masturbate too much really yeah what was what is that from that's just that's just an urban myth to dissuade kids from masturbating oh really yeah cause I always wonder what Eminem was talking about when he said his palms are too hairy to hide <laughs> I was like what, what is cause he's been he's been spanking the bored ape the, if you know what yes, I mean yes yes good <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to fail this. Look, they put this in the movie so they could show a lot of tits. Um, So they could have a porn star on set. I'm sure that was a lot of fun for the guys who wrote this movie. Yeah, it's funny that there's zero male nudity in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't can't condone this because it's like, you know, it's a a crass kind of movie. But this is... This is too far. Uh, This is is not good. Okay, Okay, move on. Yeah. Okay, we got to see you next Wednesday. Uh, this one's funny, conceptually anyway. Um, it's basically, there's this new format called the feel around where you go to a movie and there's an attendant behind you and he's giving you a 4D experience, you know? They talk about perfume, they spray in your face. Um, they blow some cigarette smoke in your face. It's ambient. Was, I don't know if that's supposed to be making fun of, like, smell-o-vision. I guess it was making fun of smell-o-vision. Remind me, of, uh, when I was a kid, I went to Universal, and they had a Shrek 4D, and, like, Donkey would sneeze, and they would shower water really? on the ceiling. Yeah. I remember <laughs> thinking, this is obnoxious as fuck. <laughs> I really didn't like the idea of having Donkey snot on me, even if it was just water. Um... <laughs> It, it, it kind of still works today because they still try they're still the cinema is still trying to push all these new ways of experience in the film D-box seats D-box bullshit yeah. the 3D thing has kind of died down even though it got better but yeah they're, they're really still trying to this one's funny and then punchline um, 
Next movie they're seeing is Deep Throat. Yeah. The guy goes, wow, wow, and runs away. Cause I'm getting out of here. He doesn't, he doesn't want to get too sussy with the guy behind him. But the guy behind him looked very excited. Yes. So joke there, hey So I'm going to give this one a like because funny and it incorporates the See You Next Wednesday thing. Yeah, yeah. Although this is a different See You Next Wednesday than in um, American Werewolf where it was just straight up porn. Yeah, they supposedly, supposedly are always different i see yeah the i would deduct points for continuity but i'll be lenient okay what's next um this one was not that funny i have to say it was just um a medicinal ad yeah it's like a, it's a pain reliever it's like a nyquil thing yeah. and then basically the guy's so unconscious that they have to splash water him and, and slap him fail fail not that funny uh, the next one I thought was really funny. I just this sort of thing just always makes me laugh. It was High Adventure. It was just this talk show, and there's a boom mic present, and then the boom mic starts like slapping them in the face, which reminded me of one of my favorite scenes in Spider-Man Two when Peter do- drops his bag, and then people just walk by him and slap him in the head <laughs> with their bags because he goes to Cheese Dick University. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, the boom mic, like, comes to life, is drinking water, lighting cigarettes. That's a, it's a good slapstick. This is good slapstick. Yeah. Uh, this kind of remind me of the one in GrooveTube where they have all the pundits and, and professionals and they keep passing around yes. Danishes yeah, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. But, yeah, this one works even if it's just on a purely physical level. It's pretty simple, but uh, it's 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 almost innocent. Uh, like. I'm going to skip all the news ones uh okay yeah well when it's just film at 11 yeah because he's just doing one-liners whatever uh the headache clinic clinic um this one was honestly a, a snooze fest it's just this guy showing how they test for headache medicine and he's going through this lab and people are getting hit in the head uh, kind of kind of uh, a skit about nothing and apparently the the medicine is called a Sanhedrin. I looked it up, and that is some uh, that is some Israeli thing. It's like an Israeli council. Okay. So uh, funny, I guess. You know, <laughs> I'm not Jewish. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. The next one I really like. It's called Household o- Odors. Uh, why I like it is because it reminded me of seeing Febreze ads as a kid, mm-hmm. which means that they're still using the exact same advertising strategies that they were back then, which is hilarious. The whole ad is just about this woman removing lingering odors in her house, which is what they would say in these Febreze ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it shows her catty friends coming over being, being like, holy fuck, did you have fish last night? And it's like, Man, your house smells like shit. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's funny. That's funny because insecurity about the way you and your house smells yeah. endures to this day. Literally. And I've seen, and Febreze did, man, they have a hell of an advertising budget. <laughs> so I'll give this one a like. Okay. It still works. Um, what do we have next? This one is it's such a snooze, too. Okay. The Wonderful World of Sex. Yeah. So <laughs> they, this is, this is a relic piece because instructional records aren't a thing anymore so what happens is this is couple and they have an instructional record that tells them about the joy of sex and it's just telling them how to have sex Mm -hmm. um um and you know he he fucks up the foreplay he's falling over 
aha comes early and then they get some ha- uh, muscular guy to come in he comes with the record and that sets up like a future joke yeah so that's all right and i do actually like the callbacks that they have yes. I, I almost wish there was more and that the movie kind of devolved into madness rather than um keep it as clear cut as it was but it's okay i like the gemini one the a gemini lot too one is good in earlier nude cast they say Gemini's. You don't know what to expect. Um, and the newscast says she's a Gemini, and then she gets shot with arrows. And that happens to several characters yeah. throughout all the skits. Uh, this is another one. They wanted to have a big booby lady come on screen um, in transparent lingerie while the guy yeah. is in a fully uh, concealing clothing. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Um, I'm I'm gonna fail this because this lady looks like Pam Greer, and then in a later skit. They have a lady doing a black exploitation fil- flick, and it's not this lady that looks like Pam Greer. <laughs> so that's such a fuck up <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm gonna have to thumbs this down, and maybe I'll thumbs down the other one too. We'll see when I get to it. So this one, it's not good. This is another one just for titillation, as the kids say. Next, okay. The next one is a centerpiece. It's a fistful of a yen. It's like uh, it's like thirty minutes. Yeah, it's it's their big one, and I I do overall like it. I'll say basically they set set it up that this guy who's supposed to be Bruce Lee or a parody of Bruce Lee, who's acting exactly like Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was pretty funny. And he has to go undercover. They're gonna airdrop him in onto a Isle of Lucy. I love Lucy, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, remember that show? And he has to um, kill the the emperor there. Klon is his name? Yeah, Klon. And he has a claw hand. I don't know if that is um, an Enter the Dragon joke or a Khan joke from Wrath of Khan. Apparently this is like uh, note for note, like Enter the Dragon. Oh, is it? Okay. I haven't seen Enter the Dragon, so I don't know. But it still kind of works as just a parody of Kung Fu films. Like every time he does a hit, he does the Believe it or not, that does get stale for me. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. That's fair. Um, And they also have the kind of crappy dubbing that they have. Do they? I didn't notice. Especially with his hua. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's enough physical comedy. The action is actually surprisingly engaging. He just yeah. dummies all these goons, but it's kind of funny. Um, then- it has, sorry to cut you off, but it has one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. I laugh so hard. Um, when he first meets the Emperor, they have these two guys um, that are spies as well. Uh, the one guy he cuts off the spy's head and then he's like now send him to be tortured and then you see his headless corpse shaking and then the next you have like the all American hero guy he's like I'll never say anything and he's like oh yeah send him to Detroit and he's like no not Detroit um, so it's good to know as well that in Detroit has been um, a hellhole on earth for at least half a century or more <laughs> It's actually, that actually oh made gosh. me kind of sad for people that live in Detroit that Detroit has been sh- shitty for this long. Like, oh my god. Uh, it's just uh, Detroit is just everybody's favorite uh, punching bag, you know. Was that the mining city or what? Detroit, they, they have cars. It, right, that's what it was. They have cars yeah, and yeah. a lot of crime. And RoboCop. Yes. Uh, so, okay, you know what? I'll give Fistful of... Okay, and then it ends and they do this... <laughs> That was so funny. They do this a Wizard of Oz thing where it's just 
the guy wakes up and he's dressed as Dorothy and it, it is just like the Wizard of Oz. And then it turns into like a PSA where it's like, I you guess I should be nicer to my neighbors. Help your community. <laughs> Ask your doctor t- what he can do about your teeth to make it more attractive. It's so disarming that it's like, okay, this kind of works. Um, this was this was a decent choice for the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a movie-specific parody and like, you know, maybe in that way it doesn't it hasn't aged that well it hasn't aged well and like being just straight up racist uh yeah that that's too that was the other thing i was gonna say is that yeah it's also like um you couldn't get away with this today actually you still can like it seems like asian people are the last the last uh race that you can still make fun of and it's chill yes but then uh the, the guy pronounces all his l's and hard r's yeah you know what maybe this is i haven't seen uh, like you i haven't seen a lot of kung fu films so maybe this is what they're actually like who's to say yeah, i don't know sure i'll, I'll pass this one sh- sh- and it's got a f- and i like the title fistful of yen haha yeah. funny yeah uh what's next willer beer fail <laughs> fail where's the joke harry these krishna monks i guess uh were a big thing because there's also that scene in airplane um when he's walking through initially and he punches like a krishna monk for offering him or bothering him and i guess the joke here is that they're going wild drinking beer and grabbing ladies asses did you watch any of get back no Oh, I, they must have been huge because I know George Harrison was really into that. I mean, that's the um, the background vocals from My Sweet Lord is their mantra or whatever. Yeah. But he just has like a Krishna guy just hanging out with them sitting while they're recording. Just there? Yeah. To I, bless the recording? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know what happened to, uh, to them. They're not that proud relevant anymore I, I guess it was just like a, a a fad of the time was just like maybe that was just like a big that was like a pop religion at the time you I know? guess it doesn't work it doesn't work it's it's a parody of Miller I guess it's just haha look they're doing they're doing silly and inappropriate things yeah. not very serene I'm gonna have to give this one um a no oh god this is the next one is probably my favorite skit out of all of them because it was just a great post-ironic <laughs> skit. It's called Scott Free. It's this parody of Monopoly, um, but it's about um, um, the CIA killing John F. Kennedy. And it's so unabashed. Yeah. It's like, it's just so honest. It's like, uh-oh. It's like, oh, you found a patsy, and the patsy got killed by Jack <laughs> Ruby. Wow. They really go in on it. They're like, it's like, oh, all the material witnesses died? died uh, of unnatural causes? Uh, causes? Mmm, weird. <laughs> and then then they ended like let's see public opinion and it's like public believe opinion does Yay! believe official story <laughs> this one was really pointed this i guess was a, like uh like only like a decade and a half out from the assassination and i know that the conspiracy um rumors have persisted like ever since it happened yeah but this one was particular funny because it 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 feels like them so saying blatant. we still don't believe you guys <laughs> yeah. we know that this shit is kind of suspicious like, the guy killed the guy killed the president. <laughs> then he died, and then the guy that killed the guy who killed the president died. That was kind of weird. That was kind of sus. 
you know, um, tune in for our full-length episode on JFK when we elaborate on our beliefs on what happened on the grassy knoll that day. But yeah, some random guy just killed MLK. I don't know who it was. Uh, Case closed. And then, uh, and then Bobby Kennedy dies. You know, it's it's a miracle that any American trusts their government one iota ever, ever, ever. <laughs> that one is funny, so I give that one. Uh, I give that one a pass. Um, okay. Um, what's next? That's Armageddon, which I. Oh, um, that one was kind of funny. It's just supposed to be making fun of disaster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what Airplane... It was, this is the prelude to Airplane. Yeah. Uh, all I remember is that there was, like, this guy and this girl having basically... What's the word for it? Just, like, they're just saying things. They're just saying cliches, just saying words um, back and forth. Like, I love you, but you did this, yada, yada, yada. And then while that's happening, there's, like hell everywhere yeah that, that was pretty funny so i mean sure I'll, I'll give it a pass i don't know if you have anything else you want to say about it uh it was whatever they have donald sutherland come in and spill a cake on his face it's kind of funny um what was really funny was that then they just made a movie later called armageddon <laughs> was that with bruce willis yeah that was the bruce willis yeah. one um this one was like this one was like a true mixed bag for me um let me just check something quick one two three four five six seven it's 15 yeah okay sorry i just had to make sure i wasn't messing up my likes here for sure um this one is i'm fucking sure why not it's fine they got some cameos george lazenby who i know was a bond never seen any of his <laughs> bond movies okay it's cool then they get Donald Sutherland, and he he's in Animal House. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. The, the next one is good. I, uh, it was called The United Appeal for the Dead. I guess there was, like, at the time when the culture was shifting to be more politi- politically correct, this made sense. Basically, just saying, like, we need to keep dead people around. Like, they're people, too, you know? Yes. Um, they're so useful for society, yada, yada, yada. And then it shows, like, this dead kid. Like he can he can participate in activities too. It shows them like floating in the pool while they're all just doing their thing. That was funny. It was funny because uh, and it still kind of works uh, as like a critique of over political correctness. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's the good visual gags of the kid falling into his dinner or just floating <laughs> by in the pool. Reminded me of Dead Alive. Yes, when yeah. When having the dinner scene and they fall into the custard. Yeah, it's um, it was pretty decent. And it still sort of holds up. You could, like, attribute the death thing to anything, like AIDS. Uh, yeah. It's fucking, I guess this, this might have been pre-AIDS. This might have been... Well, I think AIDS was around. I think this might have been pre-people knowing about AIDS. But, the you BA know. era? The B. This might have been uh, like three B A <laughs> roughly, so I'm not sure. But yeah, so sure, this one gets a like too. Fuck it, fuck it. Um, next, next courtroom. I, this one sucks. I don't. Rem- yeah, this one. This one was really unfunny. I mean, I like that there was a part where a guy, where the joke was that the lawyer objected to his own question. Remind me of that trial that happened recently. That was pretty funny. Other than that, it it's just a lot of law pun jokes. Yeah, they they keep then they keep doing visual pun or like yeah visual puns or physical puns, 
where it's like listen to the tape and he pulls out tape yeah. and I said let me go over my briefs and he looks at his underwear and you know they pack too many into a small into a small space yeah the the review the punchline at the end is okay where they find out that the reporter is actually the guy who did it yeah um I do like I don't know if you noticed but the stenographer the course stenographer was making faces and stuff yeah and he was the fucking he was the um I forgot his name maybe it was Johnny or something from Airplane He's just the flamboyant guy from Airplane. Do you remember? No. He's like the guy in the air traffic controller room who just says stupid <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was the same guy. Okay. So that was funny. And, um, and I also found... I wanted... I, I, this is going to be his memorial episode because I found out after Airplane he died like a few years later of AIDS. Uh, yeah. Wow. So that's kind of fucked up. But unfortunately, the skit's not that funny. Also, they have these two characters, um, which are supposed to be from... They're just like dumbass Beavis and Butthead characters, and it's supposed to be like the beaver from Leave it to Beaver. I was trying to figure out who they were. You can choose your battles. Even if you... The thing is, even if you haven't seen Leave it to Beaver, Beaver, it's still not funny, just on a pure basis, because it's just two stupid characters. What is that? being stupid leave it to beaver it's yeah. just like a 50 sitcom oh where it's just like there's this kid and he's the beaver and oh that little guy yeah this one uh this one not good <sighs> this one yeah it's not good okay uh next i don't actually i don't remember this one at all so that's not a good sign nesson oil a commercial for this one is oil? it's a, it's a brief break in the courtroom thing where they just um they just show this girl cooking their cat in oil. No, dude, I don't, I don't even remember that. You, like it was blinking, you miss it because if you just, it's like a, it's like a fifteen second thing in between the courtroom thing. Fuck it, it's not that good. Uh, next, Cleopatra Schwartz. I like it. Okay, it like it's funny that they just have this lady and then her boyfriend, a Hasidic Jew, and he's feeding. The bullets and the machine gun. Well, we should say it's like it's, what a, like is a, it? it's a black exploitation. This is the thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah, a parody like trailer. It reminded me of that um, like Rick and Morty episode. The two brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, it's good. Except, why didn't they get the lady who looked like Pam Greer to do that? That's such a fuck up. Uh, I'm really tempted to fail this. They wanted her for other reasons. You know what? I'll give it a I'll like. Too. I'm feeling charitable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give it a like because I'm feeling charitable today. It's, uh, it's the only reason though. Zinc oxide and you. I like this. This one is funny. It's one of those ads where. Um, it's a classroom educational mm-hmm. film. It is one of those things where it's like, do you know about this chemical compound or this? And this is what your life would be like without it. And it's like, no soap, no dish towel. Yeah, it's like this uh, housewife just making, uh, she's in the kitchen and then she's losing her brazier and she's losing. And then her house just goes to shit and cars are crashing into it. And her, her husband's pacemaker disappears <laughs> and he has a heart attack at the office. Yeah, that one's pretty good. That one was like that one is like a good example of the film as a whole whereas just making fun of cliche television things and it has this kind of anarchy about it where crazy shit happens uh it was pretty good i like this one this actually might have been one of my favorites uh from the film i would say that right now this is my favorite i would say that one too is pretty airplane as well that one is yes very airplane yeah Yeah. that one's pretty good uh next you get 
what the fuck is that? Danger Seekers. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one's funny. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Straight up, it's funny. They have like this guy, and he's like an he's like an evil Knievel. He's yeah. a daredevil, yeah. part time airplane mechanic, full time daredevil. And so let's go see what kind of death defying stunts he does. He goes to black guys in a he goes to a circle of black guys playing dice in a back alley, yeah. and he goes, nigger. <laughs> And then he runs away, and they all chase him. Couldn't get away with it today. Yeah. Actually funny. Yeah. This is the kind of racy airplane humor that I was expecting more of. Like. Like the jive-talking scene. Like the jive-talking scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do that. Uh, This is a good one. So this one's going to get a like. Eyewitness News. It was funny, but it wasn't four and a half minutes long funny. They do this meta thing at the end where Uh, then we see a couple watching the news. Well, they're like kissing or something. The girl's like, stop, stop, stop. I want to watch the news. And he's like, huh? You want to watch the news? She's like, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't tell if it was that or if it's like, oh, we need background noise. Maybe. Yeah. I don't don't know what the joke was there, but they put it on. And then um, they start making out more, some more heavy petting. He undresses her, and then the news anchor is reacting to what's happening. Like he's, he's breaking seeing, the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah he's I can seeing see through this. the TV. All the guys in the office come by, humana, 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 ooga, ooga. Um, that's a whole scene, and then they just keep it going. All the guys are cooming. Um, and that's kind of their final punch. Yeah. Yeah. That one, it because that's like the last skit. It kind of falls flat yeah, for me because that's same. where you, that's where you pull out a, a something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing where it's like let's have a lady, let's have a pretty lady get her boobies out and have her moan. Yeah, you know, sex jokes. You know, like I, I'm not against sex jokes. It's just you. It, this is transparent, okay? Because the, even the the premise itself is kind of weak, which is just they can see through the TV. <laughs> okay, and then they act. They they literally do a wooga yippee. They're all like blowing their load, just watching it. It's like, all right, it's a little, it's a little much. Yeah. Uh, fail, fail. That's it. That's all the skits. Um, there isn't really much to unify everything except a couple of through gags, like with the air, uh, the arrows through the Gemini's, and the Kansas City Chief Titan that appears later. Is that how Klon dies? Or am I making that up? Was that an arrow through his No, Klon, um, they is the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. Oh, he just sprays water on Who's him. the other guy that got the arrow through him? Um, I think one of the characters in the core room scene. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's the gist of the film. Uh, I'm just going to count all of these to make sure I did get this right, and then I'm going to give you my tally. Uh, you can give your impressions if you want. Yeah, and like although we kind of blasted through a lot of these skits, there are a lot of jokes in between that we didn't mention that I liked. I mean, A Fistful of Yen is half an hour. There's lots of jokes there that were funny. And, you know, when we did GrooveTube, a lot of the jokes there were sex-related, honestly, more so than this this movie. Um like every ad and almost every ad in the groove tube was just haha sex. Like the yellow pages ad where the fingers started fucking, and yeah. the there's a that toothpaste ad or whether yeah there was way more sex in that than there was in this. There's more um they were more innovative with this. Um, 
I'd say more transgressive, um, and they just had a broader variety of jokes. I like this movie. I'd watch it again. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't love it. I'm not dying to watch it again, but it was enjoyable. Um, they did kind of rip off the groove tube in hindsight, but I think they did it more betterer. That's fair. I, I tallied up my points, and it's an even split nope. between uh, good and bad skits. But it, it basically boils down to, would, would I watch this again? And because this is very similar to the Groove Tube, is it better than Groove Tube? I would actually say it is a, uh, a little bit more yeah. developed, uh, certainly more cinematic uh, than the Groove Tube. Um, would I watch it again? Because it's like only it's less than an hour and a half, and it's a low commitment and if one skit doesn't do it to you just wait a couple minutes yeah I'll give this the benefit of the doubt there was enough of the stuff that comes later from the creators that I could see in this film mm-hmm. that kept me satisfied even if a lot of the material was hit or miss so I will give this a begrudging 3 out of 5 bags of popcorn that's what I thought you'd give it so I'm very happy yeah 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 so oh. I this is superior to the groove too truthfully even though it does rip it up actually I have to deduct a bag <laughs> almost forgot so it is 2 out of 5 uh, so it is so they don't get a point for originality and no Chevy Chase no early appearance no so deduct another one yeah they don't yeah you're right they don't they don't have a celebrity nearly as big as Chevy Chase or a, or a comedy heavyweight so um, shitty I'll give it 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? All right. You know. it's Look, it's called the Kentucky Fried Movie. It's junk food. Yeah. 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 Sometimes that mid be hidden. Yes. Sometimes at 3 a.m. you just need a McDouble. You know, you don't want something with substance. You just want that smooth bun and, and the lingering aftertaste. Yeah, there it is. I know last week we said that you would pick something, but I'm just going to run this idea by you. Okay. We're going to see a movie this weekend that I think would fit the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just review that. Okay. Yeah. And then you can pick uh, two after. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see Inland Empire. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is an extended thing. I think maybe just a restoration. Uh, It's hitting a bunch of cinemas across the continent, and luckily it came to our city. For just one showing, right? I think there's like a couple. I think there's like three showings. Oh, okay. Um, we're gonna go see it. I've never Luke seen the film. I haven't. Uh, I f- I have a feeling that will affect the way we perceive it because I remember when I saw Mulholland Drive for the first time. That shit was scary, bro. <laughs> that that was. And I'm gonna see this in the theater. Look, <laughs> it's gonna be heavy. But yeah, Inland Empire. So another Lynch picture. We promise this is maybe the third, fourth, last Lynch production we'll review on the show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's next week. Did you see any good movies this week or bad ones? Okay. Let's get the elephant. Let's Let's do it. Let's get the elephant out of the room. So I saw Elvis and you saw some of Elvis, (laughs) (laughs) which is a new blockbuster biopic, which is, you know, I I love the biopics. Yep. And it's about Elvis Presley and it's from the guy who did, um, Moulin Rouge Gatsby and Gatsby which were very showy products yeah uh, that were decided in mixed bags yeah uh, what are your thoughts on Elvis okay so I was 
I was I was interested in this movie. Caitlin was very interested in it. She likes um, that era of pop culture. She thinks it's interesting. Um, I was interested in the first trailer I saw. Then I saw the second one. Then there was that Tom Hanks factor, and yeah. that worried me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, maybe I won't see it. But then you mentioned that you were going to see it. And I was like, ah, okay, I'll I'll check it out. So her her and I went to go see it. We sit there, we watch the trailers, the lights dim, and then something starts playing, and I think that it's another trailer. And I'm saying, why are they dimming the lights for another trailer? What is this? Turns out that was a movie uh, being played, and that was a bad sign because holy shit, guys, and Matthew too, this is probably the worst editing I've seen in a movie in my life. I think that... Okay, here's probably the issue, is that they have this guy that, to be frank, no one really cares about anymore. I mean, whoa, whoa. In terms of rock and roll, classic rock starts at the 60s. Yeah. Anything be- before that is is dead news, man. But but so this is their chance to bring, El- yeah. bring Elvis back to relevancy yeah, yeah. or try to show why he's influential or why everybody knows him, even if they don't really care for him exactly so then they say let's edit this like it's a minions movie <laughs> where a, a scene in the movie is maybe 30 seconds long um 30 seconds to a minute long and they've made tom hanks the narrator of the movie as well as like a secondary main character um i'm gonna be honest so i'm judging this movie by the uh first hour of it because i walked out <laughs> I think it was a little bit after we heard we heard a, a Doja Cat song in this Elvis movie. <laughs> that was heavy. That was really heavy. Okay, I won't lie to you. <laughs> that Caitlin and I actually it was after they just dropped that his mom had an alcohol. Uh, she was an alcoholic. I thought she was drinking Coke the whole movie. I guess it was beer or something. Yeah, because she- Elvis was like, "You gotta start stop drinking so much." I was like. What? Is that a plot point? What is happening? There was probably like 70 plot points in the first hour of the movie that we saw. Um, Two out of ten bags for the first hour of this movie that I saw. What do you think about it? Okay, here's the thing. Um, I'm not as down as the movie on the movie as you are, but it is a a mixed bag. Okay, here's the thing. Um, The the editing in the first little bit, especially the first half, really took me out too. Because he's doing this really flashy kind of gaudy thing where, you know, I guess he's trying to mythologize Elvis, you know, he's splicing in newspaper clippings and then it's fading into the sign and then it's becoming a postcard and it's like really visually um, overstimulating almost. Yeah. Um, It's like, it's, it's like, I guess it's well edited, but it's just like, this is too much. It's like they were really trying to grab the under 30 market the TikTok crowd seriously like they really had to start off the film with engaging you by showing you a lot of stuff to the point where it kind of obscures the story now the back half of the film and it's a long movie it's 2 hours and 40 minutes does this a little bit better does it? And but it doesn't excuse it because then the movie's uneven because you have all this flashy visual flair in the beginning and then in the latter half it becomes more standard biopic where we can linger on a scene for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and we don't have to uh, smash cut or do a PowerPoint transition to something, you know. Um, 
Okay, the Tom Hanks thing, uh, his performance, there's other two performances here, Elvis and and Colonel Tom Parker, who's this manager who supposedly dicked him over yes. and was like controlling him and was like why he became a fat recluse and died. Even though, and they choose to have him narrate the story, which is like a decently inspired choice because I guess they figured that, I don't know, that... <laughs> that Elvis' stories I guess they felt uh, the director felt they couldn't really they really couldn't divorce um, the story of his manager with Elvis because it really dictated his career path so they have basically the villain narrated Tom Hanks thing doesn't work for me at all he because Tom Hanks can't do a villain and in this he's just doing Tom Hanks with a stupid accent I want his subtitles on and and stupid jowls that they glue to his face to look make him look like Alfred Hitchcock and then he's just being like Elvis we need to be doing this and <laughs> just trust me it's, it's not actually engaging if they nominate him for an Oscar that's how you know the Academy is full of hack frauds um, I actually do like the guy who plays Elvis he's pretty decent uh, Elvis is just kind of a white bread guy as presented in the film but where he really shines is the scene where he's on stage and he has to do some of his hip shaking <laughs> stuff that's actually some of the most engaging stuff because you actually kind of get a sense of the energy mm-hmm. and why Elvis was a big deal and at the time obscene even though he was just kind of shaking his hips yeah. around on stage and that was crazy uh, it falls into a lot of the biopic trappings where it's like the it's the rise and it's the fall and it's you know the guy makes a deal with the devil and it comes back to haunt him and blah 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 blah. the ending is kind of poignant because yeah elvis's story when you think about it's kind of tragic because they sent him off to the army came back was irrelevant then he just descended into obesity and drug addiction and then he died before he turned 43 uh, and then he, in the latter half, he loses his wife and his kid. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. How did they handle the Priscilla situation? Basically, what happens is that um, they Priscilla um, uh, in the seventies when he's he he starts this residency in Las Vegas. And because, if, okay, Elvis had this comeback special in '68 mm-hmm. where he became sort of relevant again. And he was like, okay, now I want to tour the world and make me new music. Mm -hmm. But then Tom Parker was like, no, just um, do six weeks in this Vegas hotel that they just opened and we'll finance a tour. But then he just kept him playing there. Yeah. And then he just, he started having lots of ladies and then he started taking a lot of drugs. Uh, Priscilla leaves him because of this and she takes the kid. And, but what they do is they kind of have a little coda where she still always cares about him even though they're divorced and separated and the last scene of the film actually um, is centered on them where he's going on a plane which is like the plane he dies on and he says like I'll always love you and it's like a you know it's like it's it's not gonna work but we'll always have Paris Paris, we'll always have Memphis kind of thing but do they do they mention her age and no they don't do that uh which okay, is okay that's cool that's one that, that's the other thing is that they try to make the movie is 
it's like it deifies Elvis too much. Yeah. Like they really cast Tom Parker as the bad guy and Elvis as the good guy, complete with credits where, you know, at the end of a biopic, they say, blah, 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 went to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom Parker went to do, went, uh, they were like, Tom Parker um, spent his last years uh, squandering his fortune in poor health and casinos. And then in gold, Elvis is the best-selling solo artist of all time. His and then and then in an editorialized moment, his legacy and influence um, will endure like forever or something. And I was like, okay, yeah. They don't talk about how he met his wife when he was twenty-four and he was and she was fourteen. They show that, but they don't mention the age. So you, mm. you know, they try to make him look like a good guy, manipulated by a foreign power <laughs> um, which is like whatever maybe that was the case but I mean you're gonna tell me this guy didn't have autonomy it, it wasn't like a Britney Spears conservatorship yeah, yeah, to, yeah. like you could have just told him fuck off but he was just getting fed banana donuts cream sandwiches and pills so he was just cool with it that thing that's annoying too that they trying to make Elvis the good guy we all know no musicians are good guys, okay? We know this, all yeah. right? Just, you don't have to sell us crap just to get us to sympathize with him, okay? Um, that's, yeah. Do you want to hear something interesting? Yeah. I posted my review um, on Elvis on my Facebook page, and one of my friends said, not proud of it, but I know one of the guys who's responsible for the movie's editing slash trailers, and they said... He invited us to an early screening and his mom was there. She'd say a compliment during a scene about his editing and he'd cut her off with, Mom, shut the fuck up, please. There's no way. No way. I'm going to believe it. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, I (laughs) I guess the production value is the big thing. It's a blockbuster biopic, guys. This one went to AVX, okay? When's the last biopic that went to AVX? Think about it, bro. Um, but it is weird that it is like so spastic in the way it's shot. It's just too much. Like, damn. Like, it's like it's ADHD in the way it's cut. And I'm like, you're who are like the this this guy hasn't been relevant for sixty years, and you're trying to pander it to a demographic. Like, if people are gonna be interested in Elvis, they will. Okay, like don't yeah. don't try so hard. The part where they get Doja Cat. <laughs> to do a song and then they have a couple other rap songs like what the fuck were you thinking i I know that he did that in the great gatsby too did he yeah where he had like a like hip-hop like i guess to modernize it yeah yeah. but it's like this is gonna age so shitty especially because doja cat is one of those artists that is gonna age really poorly yeah uh so that was a bad decision um i like when they had little richard did you see the part where little richard came they had Little Richard come and do Tutti Frutti, and I thought, man, I think I would rather watch a Little Richard movie. Dude, I don't know. The movie moves so fast. I may have seen it. <laughs> yeah. And I just... they, they really pack... It's like the first half of the movie is like years 1955 to 68, mm-hmm. and then the last half is like Elvis trying to make a comeback and failing and dying, <laughs> and then that's it. I saw B.B. King. That yeah, BB King. He, yeah, he, he's like Elvis's buddy, and yeah. he's like telling him like, "Hey, man, you do your thing, man." He's like, "Hey, you know what, white boy, you all right, all right." They're all like, Elvis goes to the hood. Everybody loves him. Yeah, 
they try to do they try, of course they have to compensate because the classic meme is Elvis stole music from black people which, which he did which he did yeah well which is like every which is like every like 60s late 50s and 60s rock and roller jazz blues rock and roll hip hop yeah they 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 took it so they try to I guess kind of be like hey Elvis was like you know one he was like us. he was but he was one of us uh it's whatever the movie is it's it's a mixed bag like i would i would maybe watch it one more time and then that's it because the movie was so messy that i kind of would want to see it again just to make sense of it all (laughs) um elvis story is like almost interesting enough um to sustain its own film although when he makes his comeback they try to tie in the bobby kennedy and martin luther king um, they tried to, because it's like Elvis isn't relevant and then Tom Parker is like oh well it's not my fault the world changed and it's like the Beatles took over and Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. and then they try to have this angle where Elvis is this bleeding heart and he sees MLK assassinated and he's crying and he has to do a protest song because of it and it makes me think like yeah like after he got sent to the army that was like kind of the end of his story and, yeah. then, it was, and then the rest of it is just washed up guy gets old and fat you see him in the hallway smiling no you don't see you see him in that getup though yeah yeah where he's like tanned as hell and he's like all hopped up on drugs yeah you do see that and you see his entourage following him around but the fact that they didn't recreate that (laughs) iconic image was also disappointing I can't even like I can't even recommend it because like People who will like it are people who who like music history and who, I guess, like Baz Luhrmann's style, which is, like, just fucking a lot in your face. I don't know. I remember The Great Gatsby when that came up. A lot of people were down on that. This is, like, he doing, he's giving uh, Elvis his life, The Great Gatsby treatment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprising. Bags. If you want, it's like, it's like you know what? Let me see it again. It's gonna be two or three. When it, I the ending was good, and they do the thing where they splice it with real footage. Mm. But when you see Elvis at that stage in his life, when he's almost dead and he's fat as shit and he can barely stand, but he's still singing his heart out. And he, oh, he, I'll give him credit. He does have a good voice, um, and that's like really his defining trait. Besides his kinetic stage movements is that and his whole aesthetic yes and his and his big aesthetic it it worked for me so i at as of right now three out of five but that is another begrudging three out of five i think if i rewatch this it's not gonna have the charm uh especially because in avx you know the sound is pretty good yeah yeah so yeah it is what it is did you see any actually good movies this week or no i rewatched super bad uh, how was that? You know, I it used to be my favorite movie. Uh, and then I grew up a bit more. And then I was like, ah, eh, the movie's immature and lame. And now I rewatch it again. And it's pretty funny, you know? It's funny For and what it immature. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's surprising that it's is as good as it is. Like, you have um, Seth Rogen acting like a dumbass. And I think the, the choice, like, the trio of guys that they cast it is, like, perfect. It is, yeah. They're all, like... 
they're all hitting what they should be. Like Michael Sarah is kind of the uh, the femboy or the soft boy. Jonah Hill's kind of that loud, obnoxious friend. And then you have McLovin, who's a meme bait. And they're all they're all really good. I mean, it's not my favorite uh, last night of high school movie. Like it's not Days and Confused. It's not a American Graffiti. But it's it's funny. No, it is funny, and actually, it's, like, cleverly written. My opinion on the film has warmed since the first time I saw it, and I was like, whatever. Is it just like any other Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill raunchy joint Mm -hmm. where they just do crazy shit and and say vile things? But I, I... I can't deny that the movie does have a craft that other kind of gross-out films lack. And it's also weird that the movie just ends it in a very, like, somber way, too, because the movie's, like, pretty funny, and they have this drama throughout where Jonah Hill's upset that he's not getting into Dartmouth and the other two boys are, and he's resentful because of that, and then they have this party, and then they go shopping the next day, and then they're like, all right, bye. And yeah, then that's they, it. They just have a, like a subtle reconciliation, and yeah. then that's it. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be like that's it's that's a, life. It's a decent replication of the high school experience. Yeah. It happens, and it's over. Yeah. Now move on. Yeah. Yeah. You know that one is that one is like a a two thousands classic. Yeah. Yeah. And the soundtrack's killer too. Yes. Yes. Uh, anything else? I uh, watched like the first five minutes of the Final Destination. Nice. And then Caitlin's laptop died. We were just watching this while camping. Um, more Stranger Things, more mid. I'm kind of over it. I'm hoping. Oh really? Yeah. So you're not gonna push on to finish. No, I'm it? gonna push on. Um, because you know everyone says season two sucks, so I'm just gonna roll with the punches and hopefully it gets better afterwards. But right now it's like, why am I watching this? It's like it's so predictable. Um, like where I'm guessing every bean path and it's happening, like, I'll just turn off the show and imagine it then, and that'll yeah. be that. Um, anyways, what about you? Um, you know what? I rewatched RoboCop on nice. a whim. Um, movie's still great. I don't have much else to say about it, except after watching Twin Peaks, I noticed two alums, uh, which is Miguel Fair is, yep. like, the main dickhead, which yep. I didn't realize until I rewatched it. And it made me realize that Miguel Fair can only play this character, <laughs> but he does it so good that I don't so want to see him do anything else. And I also saw that in a more minor role, Ray Wise yes. is just one of the goons. Yeah, he's one of the goons. And I was like, oh, damn, there's two Twin Peaks alums right there. That was my big takeaway from, <laughs> from I've seen this movie like six times. I own it. It's like that was my takeaway from watching it again. Besides, damn, this movie still holds up, and wow, Detroit is still a shithole, so it's still relevant to this day. You have a steelbook of it, right? I just have a Blu-ray oh. copy. Oh, Sorry, that was me fidgeting with <laughs> the okay. the grate. Yeah, I just have a Blu-ray copy that I picked up a long time ago. But mm. yeah, <laughs> I remember. You know, maybe like six, five and a half viewings. Because one time we watched that at your cabin. Yes. Uh, but I fell asleep like <laughs> shortly after the beginning. So. Yeah, I think that was like four or five a.m. Yeah, that we it, started that it, movie. It was pretty late. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's it for me. It was kind of perfect that we watched that one episode of Seinfeld at our friend's house the other day where there's three uh, Twin Peaks alums in it. Yes. The, they have the... I don't know what I don't know what her character's name is. Creepy Grandma. Yeah. 
Grandma from the convenience store. Miss Tremond or Mrs. Chelfont. Those are the two. Because, well, we don't know that that's one of their names, but remember, remember when um, Chris Isaac goes to the Fat Trout trailer park and he, um, he's talking to... Uh, what was the actor's name? Oh, Harry Dean? Yeah, Harry the Dean. The trailer park owner? Yeah, yeah he's like... Who uh, who stays here? He's like, oh, just some old lady and her grandson, Mrs. Chalfont. And then he's like, hmm, let me take a look at this trailer. And then that's that. And that's that, really. So those are their two names. And then um, and then um, Sarah Palmer. Yep. Uh, who else was there? And uh, Donna's dad, Doc Hayward. Oh, yeah. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then I was like, this guy's familiar, too. It was Donna's dad, Dr. Fucking whatever Donna's <laughs> last name is. Hayward. It's, it's weird seeing Twin Peaks alums. Almost surreal <laughs> yeah, to yeah. see them in other things because it's like, you... I know that there's <laughs> fucked up shit in your life, man. I don't know. Especially when it's like the the, the creepy character. Like, the, like the Chalfon, I was like, this is... Like, yeah, I, I don't talk normally. Don't... Don't buy a rye. Don't go buy bread. Yeah, like, I fucking know. I don't know what you are, and it really scares me. Those, her and her grandson are, like, two of some of the creepiest characters in Twin in a, in a show full of creepy characters. Yeah, They're just yeah. something about them. When they give Laura that picture with the door open, it's like, oh, God. Like, this would look nice in your room. Yeah, that's, like, that was, like, one of the heaviest moments <laughs> if I walk with me where I was like, wow, this movie is really, really getting under my skin here. Yeah, that and... When they're just at that motel where um, Ray, what's this? Uh, Leland sees Laura uh, with um, mm-hmm. Ter- Teresa and Ronette. Yeah. And then he just walks away. And then you see the grandson just jumping around in the parking lot. And then he just fades out. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Something's not right. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> to Chris Isaac or, you know. That was a wicked game that they played on him. To disappear him like that. That was fucked up. What's his name? It's Desmond. Chad Desmond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was a Chad. He was one of the most Chad characters in Twin Peaks. Agent Chad Desmond. <laughs> if they ever do season four, somebody continues it. Tell his story. Please. Tell his story. You know, I, I know that Philip Jeffries became a weird... I, I don't even know. A, a, a giant tea kettle thing. Show me what happened to Desmond. Anything. <laughs> just tell me he didn't just get un unmade. Let me know world. he's safe. He's, or something. Or around. That's it. Okay. That's all I got. So next week, England, Inland Empire. Yes. And then the week after that, we'll figure it out. We'll get something. So it's going to get Lynchy in. Yay. Listening to this episode, be it the pre, post, or just plain old fashioned rags. Send us a movie recommendation on our Instagram at COP Podcast, COP Podcast, and we'll review it on the show. Shake, shake, and may the road rise up to meet your wheels. Was that good enough?
Is that the take? Not even close. Take 174, rolling 3, 2, 1. 